0: yeah I'm, I'm all right um i'm uh yeah i'm good i have just finished off doing a bit of meal prep my uh keto breakfast thing so all good um yes and notice oh, i work a the temptation of introducing the podcast but i've avoided that for two weeks in a row <laughs> what uh what, what have you prepped as an going so i i love i love it actually i have breakfast pretty much every day it's great um so i go with about this makes about 12 12 portions So it's um, eggs and an egg yolk. about 15 eggs, about a litre of egg yolks. Um, On top of that, some slices of bacon, which I chop up, pan fry. I then usually add in something like maybe like a couple of sausages. So basically I pan fry the sausages and the bacon. Then I dump in a bunch of like mushrooms, usually spinach as well, but uh, it didn't have any spinach today. So just mushrooms, like a kilo of mushrooms um and then i pop that all i I layer that at the bottom of of a couple of oven dishes and then i dump in the eggs eggs whites and cheese on top of that and then it forms like a frittata oh nice it's so nice i (laughs) I literally have it it sounds it sounds really boring i have it every breakfast for like the past probably i don't know 10 weeks before, I used to put a lot more vegetables and beans in it, like kidney beans, uh, when I wasn't doing keto. But now I just leave out beans, put in more veg or more meat. So yeah, it's really good. The next thing I want to try is uh, minced beef in there as well. So I think that'd be cool. Why not? Yeah, I think I talked to you about
1: this when I went to America yeah. in uh, 2018. Was it 2018 or 2019? Mm-hmm. And I was just eating eggs every day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much in the morning.
0: I love
1: it. I find eggs so nice. Yeah. Yeah, eggs are... Amazing.
0: I've been having a lot of eggs lately with the keto thing. Like a lot of eggs, a lot of cheese. They make quite a good snack. I've been batch boiling like 15 or 20 at a time and just leave them in the fridge. And that works out really well because basically you just unpeel them and have them as a snack. Pretty good. Yeah, amazing, yeah. I'm just trying to get my angle right. I'm going to leave it there. That's fine. It's okay. I think that's fine. Right. Gone. Made myself disappear. This is amazing. Look this that's a magic trick (laughs) all right that's that's what i want okay cool right um anyway so um you did a hundred thousand steps the other day what was that about (laughs) why not uh what was
1: that about still processing it um (laughs) i don't even know like I don't even know if I'm ready to kind of talk about it yet, but um,
0: <laughs> sounds like a stressful experience. <laughs> it,
1: it's it's something else, like, I so I've I filmed it all for YouTube, oh, okay.
0: Um,
1: the whole thing for I I blogged all of it, yeah. Um, as the the feelings and the experiences at some points doing it, it was just. I, I couldn't describe it but it wouldn't like do it justice um i put my instagram post it's the most difficult thing i've ever done in my life like yeah and that's because at certain points it was like getting to the point where i was like this is not probably gonna end up well (laughs) like the way it was going at (laughs) some points it was it was weird like it was yeah just very strange um i don't know because i was awake for 20 hours Okay. Uh, so I had to wake up at uh, half three mm. start walking at four and I ended my day in bed elevating my legs against the wall and it was 12 um so I don't know like physically and mentally like I think the mental side was the sheer amount of time that I was awake and just moving yeah I don't even know where I'm going with this um what uh uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> No, you
0: um yeah
1: but yeah um the best way i yeah so i filmed it all um and oh yeah this is what i was gonna say um i have to film my like recap of it so just uh, going over everything so faz i've got so much respect for youtubers because when they do stuff they they, they often film it for youtube and that adds another layer on on top of um whatever they're doing yeah if that makes sense. So you, oh, yeah. you, you yeah. could do like 100,000 steps. Mm. But then to on top of that, like, have to think about what you're filming, how you're filming it, the structure of the video, and how you're going to edit it and put it together. That's another layer. And then I tracked my food on top of that. So that's like another layer. I accounted I, I for all my food, like literally everything that went in my mouth. I, I tracked it on my, my fitness belt.
0: I so, really yeah. <laughs> I think Jeff Nipod said like five minutes of footage is like four hours of work or something like that. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it's like when you're, f- b- b- before you film, you need like to think about how you're going to put it together. And then while you're filming it, you need to think about is this going to go well together? Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I- I'm thinking of put, like potentially paying someone to like do it professionally, like edit it, mm. because I, I i would want like i just could just like go on the fiber or something and just get them to put it together because they could do a better job than i could and the hundred thousand step thing is like something that i think deserves that <laughs> like out of all the challenges that we have done um so yeah um i've just literally put everything on a laptop and started editing it myself but yeah some of the points in the challenge were just crazy fast. like um i found like i had this tendency to do stuff like this like whether it was the 66 pound fat loss with you yep. that i just you know wanted to do, to do in the first lockdown and just other things that i've done
0: uh previously but yeah uh can, can you imagine i 100, thought 100, i was would... meal trying to do a hundred thousand steps challenge would,
1: would uh, they... so this is the
0: crazy thing like
1: yeah like um some of the issues that i had were like erector um my erectors were getting really really tight for some reason i i don't know whether it was like an anterior pelvis tilt that i was just doing throughout the day so like tilting my pelvis forward and then that was shortening my erectors but they became so sore at the end that i was walking let me just show you what i was doing like towards the end like (laughs) i was having to walk like this
0: no shit really that bad because because
1: they got, they they became so tight, um, yeah, so, uh, for the, for the people listening, like, I was having to bend over and walk towards the end, um, in my last session at home, so I came home and did, like, the last 12,000 steps at home indoors, because by then it was dark and it was cold outside, I'd watched the sun come up and go down, uh, in the day, um, and, the, the the least amount of issues that I had were with my feet and my ankles, which is um, surprising, but they did become very, very sore towards the end. And I woke up today, like, feeling rather okay, but I was expecting it to be a lot worse today. But it's not as bad as I thought it was. But, yeah, um, hip, hip flexors as well. Um, my hips, my left hips, um, my left hip, when I was sleeping, hurt a lot more on that side than my right hip. But that's just a yeah.
0: That's just a bit on that. <laughs> that's insane. I've got a few questions. But I was writing them down while you were talking. <laughs> um, firstly, yeah, this was a of so because of... yeah. No, go go on. You carry oh, on. That, sorry. No, you you go on. You carry on talking. I had some questions written no, down. Because I've not made my
1: because I've not made my recap video yet. I was gonna kind of get like some insight from you to like what should I talk about in that recap okay. video, um, but I. I've got my body weight from the day of, and then I've got my body weight as of this morning. So I want you to try and guess uh, what my body weight situation fluctuation was. Um, and I've got my calories tracked and my macros tracked. Yeah. And I want your, I want your, I
0: want your guess on that as well. So okay. yeah, go, go ahead with the questions first. And then, yeah. Yeah. All right. That was, actually, I was going to ask about body weight. So I'll leave that question, but um, I guess my, my first question, I've written, I've written down four questions. First question is, um, how is your hunger throughout the day relative to what it is normally?
1: This is what I put in the video as well. So I put, um, I don't know like how my hunger is going to be. I just go off it um, intuitively. Mm. Um, So, but I did find like at some points um, I had two monsters, two ultra monsters. Yeah um and after my second one i felt so much better i don't know if it was so you know that erector pain i do, uh while i was going through the day i was getting like thoughts of is that my kidneys like I, I was going through like all these thoughts in my head like i've heard about rhabdo before and i didn't know whether i was getting rhabdo because i was getting like kind of worried about my um fluid intake and the most annoying thing about the challenge was is that when you need to go to the toilet for like a number one <laughs> Right. um like there was there was only as they're open around me so i went there like twice to use the toilet and i was doing it locally to my house so i came back to my house once to use the toilet so the fluid intake was annoying because obviously the more fluid you t- intake, uh the more often you have to go to the toilet um so yeah that that was one thing i was like is that my kidneys or is that my back and i was like why would it be my back because I'm walking, so like, what what's going on there? Like, there's so many things going through my head. Um, but
0: uh, yeah, was that the question? Yeah, so I'll, well, yes. I think it's in, well. I think with the lower back stuff, um, well, yeah, I, I'm, I hope it's not the kidneys. I guess it's not the kidneys, <laughs> but I mean, if you're feeling okay this morning, um, I, I imagine it's probably just lower back fatigue. Like, basically, your erectors, their job is to keep you upright, as the name suggests. So. You also get that with like old men who tend to have muscular atrophy and uh, sarcopenia, you know, the loss of muscle over the course of the years that they tend to walk over more and more bent over. It's one of the reasons why you definitely should, you know, carry on with physical training when you're older. So that happens to them. I mean, for those of you who who are listening on the podcast, what Sunil was describing a couple of minutes earlier, which is basically walking completely hunched over like, like, you know, unfortunately some old men do. Um, so that would probably suggest, yeah, your actors were just fatigued. I was just knackered like I know I had, I had that lower back injury last year and while I never walked bent over it was certainly worse for my posture um because I couldn't straighten out my back basically my ligaments in my lower back were just too tight so yeah that's probably what it was but um, I was asking about hunger throughout the course of the day rather than uh, thirst um did you find yourself like a lot more hungry or or, or just if you give me a brief um because I know you're going to cover it more in your video
1: sorry yeah that was that was the question i just remembered <laughs> so just to get on to that point um uh i don't know whether it was like the the mental fatigue um just to try and keep me awake to eat more food like if that makes sense yeah um but i didn't feel like the the grounding stomach in my, hum- in my, in my, in my stomach or like the h- hunger in my stomach but um i felt like when i ate i, I did feel better mm. um so yeah but i was trying to so i I did pack my first meal um, to go, which was meal two. So I had meal one at home, meal two in the backpack. I finished outside. Then I had to go to Asda and buy like little snacks and then just like try to find foods like cardboard foods so like the Rice Krispie yeah, yeah. treats and stuff. Just like something, something convenient to eat quickly. I couldn't really take fresh food. I did take some fruit out, but I thought it's probably better just to take the cardboard carbs. Mm. um out of me so um yeah so um that, that's that's what I did and um yeah I I uh, finished my day on some peanut butter pancakes with some frozen fruit oh, which sure. got me past the last the last stage <laughs> um but yeah um I did feel the food helped a lot uh I think I could have got away with more food I <laughs> but I kept it conservative just... <laughs>
0: yeah nice, nice yeah so yeah that was that was on that yeah um fully you mentioned you know about the the snacks and all that kind of stuff there is i read something recently from this guy called victor black who's like this um he's a coach who specializes in pets you know performance enhancing drugs but he was talking about uh, special forces training and that there's a potential benefit to be fat adapted before you go in for special forces training so that when you do go on these extreme sort of like training measures or missions or what, whatever they do, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend I understand it, that, you know, if you go without food for a long period of time, you, your body can actually tap into fat stores and it, it, you get less of that transition. You know, you get, you know, because in the initial transition can be quite harsh to go from being, you know, regular to fast adapted. So they purposely put them through a fat adaption phase um, so that they're better able to do that. Um, so that may help with energy levels. So I think for yourself, the fact that you accomplished one hundred thousand steps in the space of a day probably points to the fact that you've you benefited from being fat adapted because of all the dieting you did last year, the PSMF that we did, and all that stuff.
1: I was thinking of um, taking a jar of peanut butter with me, right. <laughs> but it, but the amount of calories in that jar
0: scared me. So I didn't take it. Yeah, I didn't take it. Yeah. Yes, Okay. I was thinking as well, when you said about the monster, um, which gave you a lot of energy, I think with that, there's probably, we know that caffeine increases fat mobilization. So probably what that did alongside the fat adaptation was it mobilized your fat stores in your bloodstream to get them to be burnt off. So you actually gave you some energy. So, I mean, you get the caffeine, obviously the, the, the fatigue boost is one thing, Blocking adenosine. adenosine is another was one thing, which caused you to feel less fatigue. It caused you to feel less of the pain that you're in, basically, your body's in. But also the other thing was maybe increased fat mobilization, would give you quick energy, possibly.
1: Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I had my first one um, at seven. And then my second one, I think, was at three. I think at three. Um so yeah, that was, and then I had some water throughout. Mm. um but yeah i tried the the green monster ultra paradise and there's a,
0: there's a, there's a funny story on that um in the okay. video so <laughs> yeah when wow. it comes out you can watch that all right <laughs> yeah by by three o'clock how many steps have you done
1: oh god if you if you go onto my uh, instagram i've posted all the info from the the numbers on the app so you can have a look there we need um, to link this because people are going to Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's on my Instagram. If you wanted to uh, go into that, um, I can't remember exactly. I think it was probably around. Uh, I can maybe see
0: your Instagram right now. One sec, uh, and I'll show. Yeah,
1: because I posted like the activity of the day on top of the total amount. So. uh Wait a second, where am I? The, the, the um, no, there's a post, um,
0: my latest post. Yeah, I've got your latest post. Oh, there's this slide, sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I will show the screen and let's see what we've got. Share screen. All right. So, uh, this was the first, uh, just to show everyone that there was a genuine 100,000 steps done here, just over that actually. Um, bear in mind, just for perspective, people like most people struggle to get 10,000 steps. So, 100,000 is 10 times that amount. So, just to put that into perspective, um, and <laughs> I'm sure no one is recommending doing this, but that is a staggering feat. So, no, yeah, there we go. I do not recommend this. Burnt 3,000 calories. That's literally on top of your daily. So, you probably were in a deficit. You probably were on a TDE that day of probably close to 6,000, I'd say. Maybe judging by how much you've been eating recently. Yeah, but you'd be 6,000 because your maintenance is roughly 3. Uh, Here we go. So, by by 3 p.m. you were at, are we going to have to add all this up? Oh, I won't show it. Um, No, it's okay. 1, 2... I took photos as well. Um, I think you were at about 50,000 by the by the looks of it, by 3 p.m. Yeah, about 50,000. So basically about halfway through. I was just wondering, I was just asking a question because I thought that may, you know what I was saying about the caffeine and fat mobilization, that makes more sense if you were further along because you got a bigger boost on the second one rather than the first one. First one, you didn't really need it. You just needed the caffeine to wake you up. Um, But with the second one, you really kind of needed it. So, yeah that makes sense
1: yeah it was probably like halfway near halfway i think because i remember like 4 p.m was like my kind of mark of like 12 hours into it because i I remember that i was like four to four will be 12 hours so um i think it was around halfway the mm. one stage um oh yeah a quick story about the the, the uh, step counter face mm. i was worried that um it wouldn't show a hundred thousand because I was, I was looking at it and I was like, how is it going to fit yeah. six figures onto the clock, uh, the, the watch face. And I was like, is it going to do that? So, uh, luckily it did. So, um,
0: I, I if, wonder if, if um, we'll get a message from the company, just asking if you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be
1: funny. Um, yeah. So that'd be really funny. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, the, one, the one stage that I remember very vividly was 84,000. And that was where, like, all these thoughts and stuff just started going through my head. Um, I was walking and having to stop and, like, bend over and then take, a, like, a few seconds and then get upright again, start walking. And then I had to keep doing that until I got home. And that's when it started to, like, kick in, um, which was that, – that was something else. That was like another stage another another level um if you, if you look at the graph of the um the hundred thousand step thing you can see like in the morning it's quite low and then it goes high uh in the middle of the day and then it drops back off again and then you can see exactly what where i'm talking about because yeah. the number of steps just yeah. like there can you see like towards eight o'clock
0: yeah
1: it just drops off and then <laughs> yeah and then the, the the last little stage of bars, you can see like how, how low that is compared to everywhere else. Um, that's where it, it freaking um, got insane.
0: You can probably um, see where you had your monster as well because roughly about that time, you ramped up the steps quite a lot and you nailed about 15,000 just continuously.
1: Yeah, and because I was walking locally, I freaking ran out of like uh, ideas of where to walk. So I was just doing laps of like the same route, which was getting really like fatiguing you know, on my, on my <laughs> mental as well. And then and then I, um, towards the end, like Baz, my my music and podcasts were annoying me. Right. Like um, I thought I thought like at the start it helped, but then it got to a point where I was listening to music and podcasts and just like it started getting annoying. So I had to turn it off and just like stay with my 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 own thoughts. Because that was the most, like, comforting thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really weird as well. So, yeah, that's, like... Were you still, like, that's quite where I got lucid? To, um, were you still quite lucid around it? Or did you start to, like, get weird thoughts in your head? Or were you still quite, like, with it and, you know?
1: Like, um just just before the, the second monster that you were just talking about, that's where I started to get, like, very delirious, I think. <laughs> and then that helped. Okay. And then... Um, And then when it it got closer to like seven, eight, that's when I started to get delirious again. Right. Where I had to like start, stop, start, stop. stop. And then when I got home, I was still like really bad. And then I had the pancake, peanut butter and frozen fruit. And then I, I lied down, put my feet up against the wall. And then after that, there was like a second wind. And then the last like 6,000 steps was so much easier than the, the previous hour like it was crazy okay. um so yeah some s- some
0: of those parts of the of the day were just like undescribable really <laughs> jeez i yeah uh, because i remember when i did my contest prep i i straight up had some i had one particular time where i had a hallucination while i was on the treadmill <laughs> it was it was pretty insane um i was doing like Two and a half hours of walking on a treadmill, like I couldn't run because everything would just hurt too much. Um, but yeah, I, I had a weird, really weird hallucination. Uh, <laughs> so I was—that's why I was asking about whether you was going to lucid or not. I wanted to know uh, what were your um, what were your family's thoughts on and what were you doing. <laughs> Dude, this
1: is so funny because, um, like, I—I I don't know if you noticed, but like in the week I was posting my twenty thousand steps daily. Yep. Um, on my story and I was sticking to like a consistent routine of like going out around 9 a.m to 10 p.m and then coming back home like around 12 ish I would say and I think my mum got used to that she was like oh yeah Sunil's gonna go out and do yeah. this at this time come back at this time and then on this day uh, yesterday <laughs> I went out at six seven yeah and I didn't come back home till like 12 or one and then <laughs> I got a missed call during that time, saying, "Where, where are you? Is yeah, it you're right. right?" I was getting worried, and then I got another missed call in the evening. Like, "Are you still out? Are you still walking?" <laughs> and then, um, uh, yeah. So that was mom, mom, that mom. was on that, and then when she came when she came home at um ten, I was getting in like the last six thousand, and she was like um stop it now like you've been walking <laughs> you've been doing this
0: <laughs> did you show her the number of steps Is so you, yeah how are you done no
1: um when she <laughs> called me in the morning the first miss call um i called her back and she was like oh i was getting worried and i was like mom i'm doing a step challenge like and that, and that was it i left it at that. that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then um funnily enough my uh my uncle my mama, which is um my mom's brother, um, I saw him out doing his rook because uh, he's <laughs> he's currently doing his fat, his fat loss phase, and he was like, "Oh yeah," he's like asking me like about questions and some advice on his fat loss phase, and I saw him out doing his rook.
0: <laughs> I was doing mine, so it was Great. a
1: it was a funny day,
0: That's really awesome. funny. So uh, you asked me about uh, body weight. Um, I'm torn, right, between we're thinking it's either gone down because you've just depleted a bunch of glycogen or it's up because you're probably inflamed as fuck uh, and uh knowing you I'm going to guess it's up slightly That's what i'm just I'm going to guess but you don't have to tell me now because people can tune into your podcast That's... tune into your video but i'm going to guess it's slightly up yeah. am i at least close on the mark with my do you want to- what
1: do you want to do calories and macros first and then go for a
0: yeah okay body weight guess oh i've gone um i'm out of focus yeah let's do that so hold on Can i disappeared here let's go how do i fix that take that out yes it's gone out of uh out of focus that's weird hold on let's see if we can fix this put it down here help So much for this new camera. I, I was seeing its praises like five minutes ago. <laughs> Piece of crap. Um I don't really know what to do with this now. How do we fix this? Um Has it all gone out, Fergus? Uh yeah. Let me see if I can take the background off. Is it, um, is it autofocus, guys? Yeah, I think so. It is, yeah, it's autofocus, yeah. I don't have a sort of like a swirly, twirly thing. It should just move back around. Oh, that helped. Oh, that kind of helped a little bit. Yeah. That did, yeah, yeah. That's helped a little bit. Oh, yeah, we're back. Oh, okay, I just needed to- There we go. Move right, so let's do macros and calories.
1: All right, so um, calories from what I tracked was uh, 5,011. Nice. Uh, Protein was 291 grams, carbs was 551 grams, and fat was 176. Nice, nice. So do you still think I I fluctuated up?
0: Yes, it's a tough one, isn't it? You said from what you tracked, so was there anything you didn't track? No,
1: everything was tracked.
0: Okay, okay. So you did track everything it. was accounted for. Um, I'd say maybe you lost weight then. I'd say you probably lost one.
1: So on the twenty seventh, I weighed in at one hundred and sixty four point six pounds,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and on the twenty eighth, I weighed in at
0: one hundred and sixty one point two. So three point four pounds lost. Holy fuck, 3 pan. There you go. Yeah. Wow. So. That three-pound loss, which was super- you eating eating 5,000 calories. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, because I did think that I was going to fluctuate up from just the amount of, like, soreness in my feet, in my, in my legs. Even my quads, like, were hurting as well. Um, my hamstrings were quite sore. My hips, obviously. Um, my glutes didn't really... Uh, like, I didn't really feel my glutes at all, but it was more it was more like the feet um, just swollen. And I thought, but I did feel like I was losing water throughout the day. Um, Just, just, just when I was going to the toilet. Um, So yeah, that, that, that was uh, all the data and I'll release that as well on Instagram um, either today or tomorrow when I get around to it. But um, Yeah. And I, I I love as like tracking, like even though it, it was annoying to do like throughout the day, I'm so glad that I did it. And like, I really, I really love tracking stuff like this and like all the numbers and the metrics. I don't know if that's like my, my neurotic kind of behavior, but I just, I just wanted to know like, yeah, I, just, I, just, I don't know if that's like a, like a trait of like people like us where we yeah. love crunching the numbers and just seeing what the numbers do, even, even though it's annoying, yeah.
0: I think it's because you're trying to like figure stuff out, like figure out, you're trying to get feedback on yourself. You're trying to figure out what's going on with your body. I think that's that that probably is quite normal with people, yeah, people like us. So if you know, I'm I'm quite a data nerd. Like I'm the same with my business as well, you know, I'm a data nerd. So um, yeah, I, I think there's probably an element to that because it's getting feedback on yourself. So you you mentioned as well, like paying for it. Um so paying someone to put together a video, because it's a pretty insane thing. Like, would you go ahead and pay for it then? So or like, what, have you seen any quotes? Have you looked around and Googled it and stuff? Because I could make for a pretty awesome video.
1: Yeah, so um, I know like YouTubers have got video editors that put their videos together and stuff, um, which, which, which would be like a lot better than what I could do. So um, I might have to look up on like Fiverr or something and just see like, like if there's someone that would do like a YouTube edit. Um, because if there was ever one that I would like, uh, pay for a service for it, w- it. will be this one. Um, up to now, just to make like just to just to do it justice for like you know like the for what um what was done. So yeah, I, I wanted to touch on um, something else as well, like because because we are very similar in like personality and like through our experiences. Do you find like I don't know what it is, but like with our traits and personalities, like when when, when we put ourselves through this even with like Goggins, this is why I relate so much to him and like what he says. When when we put ourselves through like stuff like this, which is just crazy, but we get like some sense of like grat- grat- gratification out of it and like pleasure, some weird kind of pleasure out of it. Like, what's your experience with that? Because like you just said, like with your last prep, you put yourself through that, that experience yeah. on, on the treadmill. Like, do you, like, I, I don't know if people can relate to this or if there's a if there's, like, like a small population of people that can relate to that. But it's it's not something that I would want to put myself through, but I did, and it was worth it. Do you get what I mean? I, th- I think you can relate to that.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll... Yeah, I think Ooh, it's a tough one. I think there's... Now that I'm a bit older, I'd say there's probably pros and cons, and I think that's where you've got to have yeah. the ability to sort of... Check yourself, as it were, and make sure what you're doing is actually harming yourself. Because if you go full bore, throw your feet into an activity, then yeah, and you you might you might look over some of the negatives. Uh, as long as you, what you're doing is you're healthy and you're checking yourself, again, data helps, you know. Um, then I think is a good thing. What I'll say is, I wrote a lot a lot about this in my newsletter recently. Plug for that. <laughs> and, uh, it goes out every Friday. It's very cool. Uh, so uh, sign up on my website. Uh, so, um, but basically, this idea that. For true happiness, you should be obsessed about something. Like, I think it's very, very important uh, in life because this was something that one of my, I started off writing about I writing about this with a story of my old powerlifting coach back in like 2005. But um, we were lifting. It's a guy called Janelle Singh. And he was a bit of a, a local sort of hero in the community. Um, your, uh, your, your, your mom might know him or your father might know him, you know? so um, do, do you know who the guy is? Baz, he's in.
1: Is that? Um, he's passed. On I think now. he might go to my
0: gym. I'm not too sure. Yeah, he's passed on now. His is, son. Is he the si- power Oh no no no! Sorry. Yeah. His son powerlifts lifts. Uh, no, not with him. Yeah. Super guy, really nice guy. Um, God bless his soul. You know, but basically, back in 2005, we were training together. He he had heard about me around the Derby area, kind of because I was one of the very few powerlifters there, or, who was actually doing some, you know, pretty good lifts. So I was pretty hot shit at the time. Like I thought I was anyway, I, uh, my, my numbers were pretty good. Uh, I started lifting equipped and so he wanted to help me get used to the equipment. So I went the first day I went to squat with him. I was squatting, I was like a 270 kilo equipped squatter at the time. My raw squat was about, was over 220. Uh, yeah. And I, I thought I was hot shit, you know? So I remember squatting for him and I squatted up to 260 in my suit um, and uh, I was like, I went off the, the, the platform thinking I was awesome. And he spoke to me in like broken English. And he said, your squat is very bad. <laughs> <So> my, <laughs> so my form was terrible. Uh, but anyway, we started working together and um, I would just turn up and train and, and whatnot. And he was a really nice guy. But one day he pulled me to one side. This is where I'm going with the story. One day he pulled me to one side and he said to me, um, Fahim, do you, do you take any supplements? But I said, yeah, sure. You know, I take some cheap like protein from my protein. My protein was around at that time, and it was good. You know, it was good quality protein. It was cheap. I said, yeah, I take some protein from from my from my protein. And he's like, good. And he said, least grabbed my shoulder and he said, in life, you're gonna have uh, three things. You'll have your work, which will always be there. You'll have your family. They'll always be there. Uh, but you need something for yourself. So don't skimp on your hobbies. Just carry on getting that protein and just enjoy your hobbies. And, And that was, he was a guy who was at the time, I think he was like 60. He was super happy with life. He was larger than life, um, loved life, and was very sociable far more than people his age, loved lifting, would go in there three times a week, would smash it. And he was just obsessed with this really positive thing for himself. So I think like going back to what I was talking about, I think like this obsession is, obsession can be termed like, can be seen as a bad thing, but obsession about something which can really enhance your life like it can add color to your life, basically. Like you have all these things that you need to do during the course of a week. You know your work schedule, pay bills, all that, blah, blah, all that kind of stuff. But like something which you which goes through your soul and makes you feel fucking good, makes you feel alive. Like that's amazing, you know. And you know the fact is we're doing something healthy. We're doing we're lifting weights. You know we're we're powerlifting or bodybuilding or whatever. Uh, there are plenty of people out there who are doing habits which are destructive habits you know and uh, destructive obsessions but if you've got an obsession which supports your healthy lifestyle supports your body then don't as long as you don't allow it to be to go into the negative sort of realm of like whatever abuse then uh, it's it's positive yeah so i think i think yeah we've got similar personalities in that respect and i i tell you what like recently just this is going off into a bit of a longer conversation but like i've recently over the last year i've reconnected with a lot of my my old sort of um interests and things that I like doing. I think you and I have talked about this recently and just like over the last five years or so, I've gotten more and more serious with work. And I don't necessarily think that's the best thing to do. Um, I think you've got to have a balance between work. You've got to have a balance between your interests. And obviously part of your interest is being a good person with your family, your loved ones and all that kind of stuff. But I think if you're too focused on work, it can really screw things over. I remember actually, um, I remember when Mark Bell, was uh just started on youtube and he was doing a q a and uh i i messaged him a question because i'd gotten a job which was like an hour and a half commute away <clears throat> It was a really good job it's good for my career uh, my, my previous career and um and and uh, i said to him look mark what am i going to do because my training is going really well and at the time i uh, i was a pretty decent lifter at the time this was before i reached my absolute peak of strength but i was pretty decent you know and i said look mark what am i going to do this is going to affect my um uh, my, my training <laughs> and he said to me first of all um, sack your job off <laughs> just focus on your training <laughs> and mm-hmm. then he said um, but what you can do is perhaps do like a two day a week routine and he helped me with that because at the time I was training a little bit like Westside and um, but looking back he was right like I should have just sacked off the job I shouldn't have bothered with it uh, it wasn't worth the work-life balance mm-hmm. uh, um, sacrifice it wasn't worth it at the time um, so yeah it was just it just caused too much stress uh, and then it, it sort of pushed me into this whole way of thinking of you know being really career focused got really kind of burnt out and ultimately that was very positive because i left behind a lot of the things that i love doing um, even lifting to a certain extent you know and that was usually, that was kind of I, throughout the course of that job i got through i got my strongest um and probably a little bit after that then once i had finished with that job um that's when i sort of um, I was really, I it, mentally, I'd burnt out quite a lot. I, I was doing both things at once. I had done my really, really sort of this very high pressure kind of job situation. And then also a lot with my lifting. And I basically, it, the lifting itself didn't, it just, it just, I think after that, I basically burnt out and then I was idling along and I didn't really have the lifting as a focus. And I didn't really have this, you know, whatever job as a focus either. I was working somewhere else. And, um, that kind of led to a lot of burnout and i think that's when i started to kind of pursue the career again and just shove aside a lot of these hobbies which were actually giving me a lot of joy and it's really only recently the past couple of years where i've kind of reconnected with that and i thought you know actually i need to do that i really need to um have something on my side on the side which is just for me like um some kind of hobby and and luckily right now i've got a couple of good hobbies which i really love doing and uh, i can't see myself stopping anytime soon so um yeah you know i think it's um I think that, I think, yeah, obsession's good and it can be bad, but if it's productive, it's positive. Bottom line is if it makes you feel good and as long as you're not doing crack, <laughs> then fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> what a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I, how it, that's how I'm I doing.
1: love that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've loved just hearing that from from yourself, like all of that. Um, yeah, like this this thing, um, this—it's not really about the hundred thousand steps. It's more like it's—it's it's a stupid thing to try, and I wouldn't recommend people do it. Yeah, I don't really see it as healthy, like through what I went through. Um, but the best way I can describe it, and I think the way you put it is like, kind of not—I don't know if it's like regrets, but I would have regretted not trying this or not hitting the hundred thousand, hundred thousand step mark on the day. So I had to do it. Um the best way I can describe it is like it was like an itch. And I had to like satisfy the itch by by doing it. Otherwise I wouldn't have been happy if I if I didn't try it or do it. Um and like I feel like now like now that I've done it, there's like a sense of like relief lifted off me. And like I'm like, I don't know, it's just weird. Like I, I, I the way you put it, like just do the things that you know you want to do. Like it's made this experience of lockdown a lot better just by making that goal and just going out and doing it. I kind of felt this way after the 40,000 step challenge on my birthday. And I just wanted to push it and just hit that. But for some reason, like I just needed to see six figures to feel like happy, even though it was like a dumb thing to try. Um, but I, I can totally relate to what you were saying. Like when something else takes away from like what the things that make you happy i can relate to that because i was in a job where i was there for like six to eight hours and like i was just i was just waiting on the time to pass and i was like stood there thinking i could be doing something else at the minute but i'm having to stand or just be here and just wait for time to pass by so i can go and do something else so i can totally relate to what you're saying um so yeah like it's it's, yeah it's just it feels weird at the minute yeah
0: I think with regards to within the activity that you do like certain achievements because obviously you and I we both love bodybuilding health fitness all that but within that there are certain achievements like 100,000 step challenge like competing I think that personally I really love the idea of doing that something within your realm which is achievement, like which is more than the everyday. Like We do that every day, we get in the gym, I'm, I'm gonna be training later as well. But something within that realm, which is like an achievement, that's really cool to do as well. Because it's, it's just like, I guess it's the, it's the equivalent of um, somebody who's into cooking, trying a new recipe, or um, somebody who's really into fucking alcohol, just going out on a stolen night out, I don't know. Um, like, you know, it's, 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 it's the culmination of your activity. It's the expression of it in, in a singular event. Which I think is quite cool. So achievements within your realm are also quite important. I think, yeah. You could say, "Hey, I like it as well." I did it. I did it. You feel good about it.
1: This is what I love so much more about the hundred thousand steps, right? So, um, just to give a shout out to Kiz, um, who is a, someone, he's like, a, he's like a really good friend of mine. Um, but I also work with him at the minute as well. And I always like explain to him, like, take more. Happiness and joy in the the process goals, like you've explained to me, mm. rather than the the outcome goal. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So I, so I'm because he messaged me yesterday, like showing me a picture of his steps, and then I was planning on not telling anyone about what I was doing.
0: Yeah.
1: But because he messaged me, I was like, "This is what I'm doing." <laughs> and um, <laughs> but then at the at the end, I like explained to him like, even if it's like prepping one meal if it's just getting in like a daily set step goal that just take more happiness in those little ones. And then in the end, they will add up to this larger goal. Yeah. So I like these, I like, that's why I resonate so much with like Goggins and Jocko, even like the rock as well, that goal of beating the snooze button, beating the alarm clock, that little, that little win, like it's so big because it adds up throughout the day um so yeah like like what you said like these little things inside of like you know if it's competing or bodybuilding they are huge to me like it gets me going throughout the day and it sets me up for the day in such a you know positive
0: uh mindset so yeah i think you kind of level up as well like you level up so after this hundred thousand steps 10,000 steps is going to be nothing for you on the course of a day because you find practical ways of actually doing it. Um, it's like I remember hitting a bunch of milestones when I was squatting. When I had that crazy run where I went from like a 140 squat to a 227 when I was younger, like there were, there were squats. I specifically remember the squats. The 160 and the 190 were insane. Like the 160, I was basically stuck grinding that lift for what was about, like I think on camera it was about three seconds. Uh, like in just three seconds, just in a sticking point, the actual rep took longer. But then it was like, it felt like a minute. Um, and the 190 as well was also insane. But then that, it just gave me more of a, like, I can do this, you know, because I didn't give up and I, that I leveled up. So after that, I was able to just, and it was a good, it was a, it was a really important psychological moment for me. Because when I did the 160, like I just thought, fuck it. You know, when I was doing squats and whatever the weight was, when I got to that sticking point, I just thought, you know what to do, just stick through it. And I just found a way through it. So uh, I think they level you up as well. Like you it's like now that you've done so many steps, you're not gonna find it hard to do steps ever again. Definitely. Um, uh,
1: if, if you've like ever, like ever failed a lift yeah. and then you've come back to it and done it, that's huge as well. Like I, I remember when I worked up to my 200 kg um, deadlift mm. um, and I, I failed it, I think once or twice. And I was like, am I ever going to do this? And it's like, when you do it, it's amazing. Cause it's like, you know, you have that thought in your head in the back of your head, like, can I do this? But then when you prove to yourself, you can do it. It's like that first time you do that, then why can't you do that for like 220, 240, 260, yeah. because because you've done it the first time it's not so much about the number it's about getting past that experience of yeah that doubt in
0: your head yes and when you when you prove it to yourself it's like yeah you, you just take off don't you yeah i was going to say yeah it's, it's not the number per se that it, it's the feeling that you overcome it's the fear you yeah overcome. it's the the sticking point the like a lot of mental stuff happens in the sticking point like i've seen people hit a sticking point and just give up and I'm like what are you doing you know but they don't have the practice mm. to be able to say okay they don't have that they haven't built up like you were saying they haven't built up those wins to those successes they've encountered it and then they fail and then you know if you if you do that and you, you kind of give up in the gym based on what you know relative to what your plan is not saying everyone should train to failure but like if you give up relative to your plan then that I think that seeps into other areas of life as well and like you know you something's hard you just say well maybe I'm not going to do that and I think the the more that you can have these little wins, they do seep over into other areas of your life. They make you more, they make you able to dig in more. They give you more confidence. You know, they, they have a spring in your, step. You they put a spring in your step. And like, I know I'm happier when I, I'm a better family man. I'm a better, um, you know, uh, whatever. I'm a, you know, when I am happy in myself and I'm happy in myself when I'm fulfilling my soul due to my hobbies, like of lifting and whatever, whatever. So yeah, I think it all plays a big role. I think, again, going back to that work-life balance, I think it really bigs you up. Um, yeah. yeah good topic
1: yeah I love the I love the mindset talk and like the psychological aspect of like sports psychology
0: and stuff like that yeah yeah I, I, I really enjoy that stuff I wanted, to, um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit though and um, I've got a couple of bits written down so uh, this might go into uh, a part two when I edit it but <laughs> so question is have you ever had any weird requests in your DM <laughs> Never, <laughs> never, never, yeah. never. No, no. That's a surprise, really. You, well, you've got all that to look forward to, dude. <laughs> there are a lot of weird people out there. <laughs> so, so, um, I've had quite a few over the years, and um, I used to get more when I was posting more videos of myself. Like, I don't post up that much of me anymore. Um, but I did post up a video uh, of me lifting um, a few days ago right? And uh, I got another uh, weird request off on DMs. So, so I used to get like a ton of like weird stuff, like, you know, like really weird stuff, like underwear and that kind of stuff, or opportunities to do stuff, which I just didn't really like. So uh, this one I got was um, some guy wanted to wax me. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, so he said, he said, dude, I've got a weird request. I've got a request for you. I'll pay you. And I was like, because I-, I thought it was a coaching inquiry. So I just said, hey, what's up, pal? And um he said, "Oh, I want to, I want to wax you, and I'll pay you." And I, and I just very politely said, "No, thank you, goodbye," kind of thing. And then he just kept going on and on. He was like, "Can we negotiate a price?" Blah blah blah, and all that kind of stuff. But it was really weird. So I, I was curious if you had anything like that. No, 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 never like that. What was it like? A legit profile? Like, do do, do you think it was like a a fake profile or? Well, I looked into his profile because, you know, you get curious, right? You're like, I'm, I wasn't curious about doing it, but yeah. I'm curious to who the hell this guy is, right? And there was, there was messages from yeah. people who were talking about, you know, waxing themselves for free or getting paid to do so. So people are out there, like legit, going to this guy and he's paying them to get waxed. Um, I thought it was kind of strange. Not, <laughs> not something that I'd like to do. Um, you know, I think it's kind of weird. Um, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently he was legit and uh, he was like apparently he was legit and based in london so there you go oh because I've, I've heard like of guys wanting to pay for
1: uh, used underwear and stuff like i've heard of that yeah but i guess there are a, a lot of things
0: like other than that that people will pay for i guess i've had the underwear thing before yeah um i've been asked to do that i've refused but yeah i've had that before um yeah <laughs> There you go. Um, I think, as I said, as I think you've got all that to look forward to. Because <laughs> just keep putting up pictures of yourself, and trust me, they will come. So
1: <laughs> I might have to invest into um, OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's, that's partly the
0: way to move Multiple... forward. Yes.
1: Yeah. The, have you heard the stories about like some of the people that start one up and they quit their jobs and?
0: Yep. I mean, it might, It could potentially be the way forward. People <laughs> doing. Yeah, I know. I know yeah, it's yeah, like so she I was just like a regular friend of mine. She's a PT. I'm not going to name her because I don't want it to be embarrassed. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, she was a PT friend of mine from down south, and all of a sudden one day, she follows me on another account. Right. So I follow her back, and it's just a, it's just her face. You know, regular account, just a name, blah blah blah. And as I follow over the next course, the next couple of weeks, just basically butt, ass, tits, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> so uh, there you go. So yeah, she's she's well into it. Um, who knows?
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think like you know with the way like the whole money thing's going with like Bitcoin and all of this stuff. I've heard talks of like um, virtual. What's the word? Um, people willing to pay for like virtual goods. Mm. So, say if you're say if you're playing a game, you can create a market within the game yeah. for people to purchase stuff for that world, which makes so like creating. Mm. Is it like I, I have no, I'm not really good with like economics and stuff, but there's like. A chance to create revenue within like these kind of goods which is really um i mean it, it could get tapped into really well i mean if people are willing to, to pay for stuff like this rather than like physical goods like it's interesting to, to, to think about stuff like that so yeah
0: there's a
1: there's a market for stuff like this
0: <laughs> there's a market there is yeah uh, yeah god yeah a, i mean what, what we do is kind of digital work in a sense you know um, so, yeah, there's definitely a market for it. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think goods and services are very important. I, I think people have always managed to monetize, like, services and and whatnot. But now it's just moving online. So it's just kind of it's broadening out to the whole world. So, like, you know, I've got some clients in America and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty broad. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, monetizing, doing stuff, entertainment, really, isn't it? I was on that note. That's what I was going to yeah, say. exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say I was considering moving the podcast to BitChute as well. BitChute <clears throat> is a, uh, it's kind of like YouTube, but it's based. It's a different platform based on like YouTube. I got the inspiration from uh, that more plates, more dates guy. So I, I watch his stuff. I quite like his stuff, and uh, he's he's pretty cool. Derek. So guys, yeah, Derek Supko. <laughs> so that guy. Um. So I was thinking he's he's on BitShoot as well. So I think he's moving because all it would be is just uploading these podcasts to BitChute as well as YouTube. So I'm considering doing that as well as uh, TikTok, but I don't know. We'll see. Just more platforms. But, um, yeah. So yeah, weird request in DM. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about was something that uh, Menno said uh, on the podcast, which I had him on. He was talking about how he he thinks, um, he's rightfully so, he, he's, he identified coaches lying on Instagram. Um, particularly about like cheat meals and how it's quite dishonest. And um, I thought that was a really good point because it's something that I think you and I have talked about before as well. People, or some coaches in particular, there are a few that I've got in my mind in particular who tend to be very disingenuous, just basically flat out lie and give the wrong impression about um, the types of foods they're eating on, on on Instagram. So like, for example, one guy might post up, you know, a weekly cheat meal. To say hey what a diet i'm on i'm able to you know eat on eat a burger eat fries eat this eat that and i'm still able to lose weight and so people who don't really know what the situation is would look at that and go wow he's such a great coach he's able to do this with magic and he's able to have a cheat meal i want to learn the secrets how can i have a cheat meal every week how can i eat this every day all that kind of stuff and then a lot of the time the reality is if it's a so you and i would know that if it's a cheat meal every week or whatever or a cheat day or whatever, they're probably being pretty damn restrictive for the rest of the week. Uh, The rest of the week is probably just hardcore, like chicken, veg, maybe some rice, all that kind of stuff. Or if they're having a very flexible dieting schedule where they're eating this crap every day, uh, not crap, that's a bit unfair, but if they're eating stuff like this every day, then odds are they don't have a very high appetite. So there's always a balance. And I think um, it's disingenuous to people who are listening and watching these people to go, oh, wow, you know, he's able to do this every day. Uh, Maybe he can teach me the secrets. And these coaches actually use that as kind of a selling technique. Or, you know, they've got a really, really high maintenance intake. Perhaps their maintenance is something like 3,000, 3,500. I mean, I know a guy, you know, in in Derby whose maintenance when he was younger was literally 5,000 calories. He could eat pretty much whatever he wanted to, you know, so yeah, he did a lot of walking. Uh, Shout out to Tom, by the way, if he's listening. But uh, he's less now, he's older, uh, just because he's less active. When he was younger, he did a lot of walking. Um, But anyway, so I think it's disingenuous because you're basically using the, the coaches then using that to sell his coaching when it's either a combination of his metabolism being a hell of a lot higher or his general appetite being lower than most people's or the fact that he's very restricted during the course of the week and he has a blowout once a week on a weekend, which is really disordered eating patterns. So essentially what he's doing is he's selling his coaching based on his disorder, or his natural gift towards having a, a reduced appetite or a higher maintenance intake, which I think is disingenuous to the average dieter out there who's looking to lose weight and has probably tried all these measures before and has failed. So there's another one for them to fail at. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's disingenuous and uh, and just lying basically.
1: Yeah, like, um, do you think they're not really um, pushing the the emphasis of like and energy intake? Just kind of disregarding that, and just just pushing this like eat whatever you want and lose weight. Do, do you do you think that's what um, they're kind of pushing, like the the idea of?
0: I think, or is I it thought, like that that emphasis? I think the, the the coaches I'm specific. There's two that I'm specifically thinking of. One in my home in in well in our hometown, and another one I don't know where he's from. He's thinking he's from down south somewhere. He looks he looks like a southerner, <laughs> and um, the uh, he. I, for, for both of them they still acknowledge caloric levels you know caloric uh, intake but their focus is very much on pushing this sustainable i say in quote marks sustainable sort of um, flexible eating but uh, the reality is what they're doing is they're just promoting a, an approach which isn't going to satisfy most people's hunger but which does look glamorous so it's an easy sell ah. like it's an easy sell like hey guys you know i still acknowledge calories in versus calories out um you hire me i'll show you the secrets of how you can eat this you know chocolate pops every single day and lose weight like that's cool maybe you can you can do it within your calories but again your genetic propensity towards a higher metabolism or high workload or low appetite or the other fact other other possibility is you may well just be on a very restrictive diet for the course of the week and this is your once a week weekend binge basically so i think it's a combination of it's explained by some of them definitely have got disordered eating patterns and they've basically got bulimia so they're they have a, a week of restriction followed by a weekend blowout which is essentially you know a, a medical disorder there or they have a very high metabolism and they've never really had any issues with dropping body fat a lot of them then support that with pictures of themselves as fat you know off-season pictures like oh look at all this fat that i dropped but The reality is they actually had to force feed themselves to get up to that point. So losing it is really a little bit easier than Karen, who works in accounts, who's 50 pounds overweight and has the activity level of a slug, like options for her are probably not going to include this highly flexible diet or this weekend binge, because that's probably what led her to be in that position in the first place. And I think giving that reality can be a harder sell, but ultimately it's what produces results. And when you've got another guy on Instagram who's mm. smiling, holding his pizza up and saying, hey, flexible eating, Karen, you can do this as well. Hi, me as a coach. That's where I think it's just, it borders the line between really stretching the truth and coming across as either disingenuous or just flat out lying. Menno called it lying. So I would probably, he's the expert, I would probably um, defer to him on that. But yeah, I, I think it's lying. I think it's very disingenuous, but it's used to sell coaching. Not to
1: go up on like a tangent, mm. pull this back, Baz, um however fast you want, but um, through my experience with like dieting and stuff, because I I, I think that you and me are well travelled. Um, we've we've travelled outside of the England in the UK, mm. and we visited. I, I think was it um, was it Korea that you've yeah lived, yeah,
0: lived in Korea for a year, travelled around Asia for about half a year after that. Yeah.
1: So you so you've experienced like um, other cultures. Um, and their kind of approach so this is what i'm i'm taking away from like dieting and like the western mindset and approach to diets and this like i think we've touched on this before in previous podcasts of like identifying yourself with a diet and it's becoming quite religious um and that kind of like you know mindset of like if you're not doing something a certain way then you're not this like you're not plant-based you're not vegan if you're doing this and that so it's like you, you, you're quite restricting yourself to like one approach, where it's like it's becoming, it's that that's what I'm identifying. Like my relationship with diets previously were unhealthy because I thought I had to do it this way. There was these rules to dieting that I had to follow, and I, I'm just hating the approach that you know, um, like the Western world is approaching diets. Like I'm really like um I'm really despising it. Like now, like after all my experience. And I'm finding, like, these, these rules and restrictions that we're creating around food are just stupid, like, really stupid, Um, the best way I can put it. And I don't know whether your time in, like, Korea kind of uh, showed you another aspect of, like, how they approach food there. Yeah. Um, I, I was wondering, like, how you found your experience there. That, that was something that I wanted to ask you, actually, um, just in general. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because, like, I think in the Western world we're having this, like... I don't know if you can call it it an epidemic, but you're seeing these rates rise and rise year after year. I think in 2020, 2020, 2025, we're expected to see like even higher rates of what's uh, currently happening with obesity. But I'm wondering, is it the mindset that we're approaching like with diets and like these these rules that we're putting in place for people? I don't know. Yeah, just to
0: throw it back without going off on a tangent. Yeah. I think, well, you know what? There's a few points that I wrote down while you were saying that, but the last point I'm going to... Uh... Just to keep it quick, because I know, yeah. Okay, firstly, I want to say this, like, approach variety. There's one thing. I'll make this point, then this, this, the next point might be a bit of a tangent, but firstly, it's, it's harder to sell a variety when you, of approaches. It's harder to, like, if I tomorrow set myself up as the keto guy, right? I'm the keto guy in Derby. If you want to do keto, come to me, right? I've got a hook. I've got a thing. It's a lot easier to sell that. And I think this is where coaches move towards that. And then they, then they, they border on being disingenuous or or outright lies because they become, I'm the flexible guy. I'm the flexible coach. And then to support the fact that they're the flexible coach, they have to then start pushing the agenda of I'm the flexible coach. Here's my pizza. And it's a Wednesday afternoon, right? cool. <laughs> and again, some of these approaches, they tend to be quite, you know, um, sexy. It's the weekend. I'm going to have the X, Y, and Z approach. Um, so I think if you set yourself up as the guy with one diet philosophy, it can almost make your pitch easier because not only is your method clear, but the people who are already thinking about your method, see you as an expert in that field, and then they'll move towards you. So, so let's say Karen at home, She's like, I've heard about the keto diet. I think it probably works well. She's read a bunch of material. She's already done the background research on it. She's already sold on it. All she's looking for now is somebody who's actually going to tell her how to do it. She's like, oh, Faz is the keto guy now, so I'm going to hire him. Or you know, it could work for any range of things. I think there's that. It's 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 supportive on both sides. So like Karen not only is seeing me as an authority, but it's almost like the diet has already. I don't have to sell the diet. The diet's already sold itself. Like she's already read up on keto. <laughs> She's already read up. She's all these buzzwords. She read up on flexible dieting. She read up on intuitive eating. You know, back in the day, it used to be people reading up on meal plans, like, and they were sold on them. So you look at a guy online who's selling meal plans. You go, Oh, wow. He's the guy. He's got the knowledge because you're already sold on the concept. So it's like my work would be halfway done. It's a lot harder to get a client. What I do these days is basically I work out the approach that works for the client. So, you know, is it going to be macros? Is it going to be a meal plan? And if it is going to be one of those, what types of leanings do we have? You work with them for a while, then you figure it out. Actually, on, a, on another side note, it's kind of one of my pet peeves. It's like this whole idea of personalization. And you can't really personalize when you first meet somebody. And like this whole idea that I'm going to give you a personalized plan. It's like, how much can you personalize someone who you've just met? Like you've literally just fucking met them. You know nothing about them. Like, yeah, sure. You're going to write them a plan. But like, there's going to be no personalization. Like When you and I first started working together, I didn't know you like I know you now. I didn't know your dietary habits. I didn't know anything about you. So you don't have a you mm. don't have personalization to the point of, yeah, sure, we're going to fit it around your schedule, how many days a week you can train, who you are, perhaps some background information you've given me. But that's not true personalization. You know, True personalization comes from knowing someone's habits, knowing someone's eating patterns and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think approach variety, it's harder to sell. If you, it's easier to sell, if you make yourself one approach. And the last thing you said, which was really interesting, um, and it's something that I've been been meaning to do a whole podcast on, we can touch on it a bit now is it's a really good topic is, um, the, you talked about the mindset of diet of the Western world with regards to dieting and these fads. Um, one thing that I've seen a bit of a shift towards in the mainstream media is a shift towards a calorie approach to a satiety approach. And if you're familiar with the work of um, Stefan Guillenet, I think I'm getting his name right. He was the guy who was in the debate with Gary Torbs on a Joe Rogan podcast. Um, Stefan Guillenet does a lot of really great work in this area because he is very much carries in versus carries out, but he focuses, he was in an interview and people were, and it was actually Jeff Nippard uh, asking him about how we would set up a diet. Would he set up something as a flexible diet? Would he even have people counting calories? And Stefan Guillenet, who is the proponent for in carries in versus out, said he would not have people counting calories straight off the bat. He would actually just limit their food choices and focus on satiety whilst eating what they like. And that was the same thing that Meno said. And it's the approach that I'm starting to work towards as well, because ultimately I feel it's probably a more beneficial approach. And I think over the course of the next five or 10 years, that is the approach which the mainstream evidence-based media will move more towards. And that's when we'll see um, more people looking at food satiety, food choices and food rules rather than um, calorie approach or meal plan. Meal plan and the calorie approach have both got their issues. Um, but what is beneficial is having a limited range of foods, which aren't going to spike your appetite, which are going to keep you full and finding out yourself what those foods are. Um, I actually think that's such an important topic. I'm, I am going to devote a whole podcast to it, but what I've just said there I think is, is crucial for for people to understand and it's going to be something which the i predict that industry will move towards over the next five or ten years
1: yeah i guess what yeah you said that I, I agree with um in terms of like the rules like if you see my posts of like of my tupperware and like the amount of food i eat i guess i, I guess i guess i do have certain beliefs like obviously the vegetable intake i mean we've experienced this uh recently with our experiences um with our diet yeah um and i found like i personally need to push a lot of fiber i react well to a lot of fiber a lot of vegetables a lot of fruit um and the, obviously the protein i'm currently going to try like a vegetarian possibly plant-based approach um but what i found is is like i react better to the, the high vegetable intake um, with our recent experiences with, with like keto but then keto or like that approach with the higher fats might work better for someone else yeah so yeah I, I agree with you I agree with you there yeah mm. um which kind of method do you like I love eating vegetables mm. <laughs> I mean um that's like the foundation of my diet um and I always try and share that like look at how much food I'm eating it's because of vegetables like yeah. it's the it's the options yeah I agree with you there yeah
0: Um, I I actually wrote down, I love, I love the way that you show people your approach because you go into full detail about what exactly you're eating. You've done multiple, um, whole day eating vlogs now. So there's nothing hiding there. Like you show people exactly what you're eating and how you're able to maintain a lean physique while eating the foods that you do. I really like that. I think that's very positive.
1: Yeah. Like, um, like amount of food that I'm I'm, I'm able to push uh and like maintain this like look is through that Mm. Um, that's what I found just works for me Um, and yeah that's what I've experienced through my my rebound phase as well like I'm able to eat like 300 to 400 grams of fruit like in one sitting and that works well for me like as crazy as it sounds like yeah everything works well and I think I mentioned this on the first podcast of like my circadian rhythm was working really well on the like potatoes carrots and stuff like that yep so i'm i'm, I'm finding like with, with myself this is this is like an approach that works very well for me mm-hmm. um and i tried the high fat approach recently which you'll see on my instagram and like a little story um it was better than my first attempt at it uh, in 2018 but this um approach that i tried now i'm just finding like i need more vegetables i need more like more fruit and that's what works well for me so um yeah yeah just to, just to touch on that quickly but um it's interesting finding out you know what works well for you and i'm sure you've got um the experience to touch on on your side as well
0: yeah well what's your interesting approach. is i've kind of gone the opposite direction so um i kind of had the realization we both did the um low carb experiment and i had the realization actually that cuz i was pushing vegetables quite heavy i was pushing up to about a kilo i had the realization that i probably was doing low carb but i wasn't low carb enough to get the benefits of being in ketosis so for the past, um, I think it's been a week, I've been fully into, no, it's been since Tuesday with Sunday today. So it's been like five days. Uh, I've been fully into ketosis and I've enjoyed that far greater. I've had all the mental clarity effects. My sleep has been better. My mood has been better. So we both try the low carb, but I've gone, actually probably, I'm probably lower, lower vegetable now, probably at about half a kilo of vegetables, which is still a lot. Um, but and specific kind of vegetables like, uh, mushrooms, spinach, um, probably more like broccoli just leaner types so but I found I've while I also love eating vegetables I found that the benefits of appetite suppression are probably better for me than the benefits I get from uh, going high vegetables so I am probably now full-on hardcore keto um, but again it's no one single approach works it's a case of finding what works for you
1: Yeah, because with my experience on the the higher fats, I had to push protein very high just to feel like satiated. But what I'm finding is is like when I go into this like vegetarian or plant-based route, I'm finding like just do like a a trial just previously, um, I can get away with lower protein and uh, higher veg. Uh, So on that approach, I can lower my protein and push more vegetables but on the higher fats, I, I found that when my carbs and veg were coming down i had to push protein higher just to feel yeah. like satiated so that's that's from my experience um that's something that i was going to talk to you about but i thought i'd just share it with you now
0: yeah um yeah I, I so yeah i that, react really well to it i found with that like once i reduced my carbs down to about 20 to 30 grams um i didn't it didn't really matter what else i did with protein or vegetables i was pretty full i could literally have zero vegetables if i wanted to and i, I wasn't hungry I felt like I did when I was fasting. I just felt no hunger. I felt very nice, very calm, but I had food in my stomach. So it was, it was actually really freaking cool. So while, while we're talking about like finding what works in food rules, keto is basically, if you think about it, keto is essentially an elimination diet. It's eliminating a ton of different foods. Some of which might not agree with you. They might not agree with your hunger or your t- intolerances. So yeah, it's a, it's a, brute approach and i might look at in reintroducing things but i will say this the state of ketosis does seem to work really well for me the only negative is i get quite flat my muscles get quite flat so i had a teeny tiny refeed last night and i might aim more towards a sort of a targeted keto approach where i have carbs before the workout we'll see that's a topic for a different day because i'm still experimenting with it
1: Baz, with your refeeds, have you figured out like certain food options work better? Because that was something I was going to
0: ask you as well. Um, yeah, well, I tolerate most things pretty well. It's more the amount of carbs. My stomach is pretty much bomb-proof. Like nothing really upsets my stomach at all. Um, but it's really the amount of carbs. Like I did my very first refeed. That was like a three-day three one. <laughs> and um, that was way too much. I felt terrible. Um, next, I did like a, a full 24 hours. So Friday night to Saturday night also not fantastic last night was literally just um i got some chicken and chicken and peppers and fries it was like a chicken onions and peppers like a chicken sizzler really nice um and then some fries on the side from a local takeaway and also had some um chocolate uh, did i have chocolate was it chocolate yeah i had some oh, whatever it was chocolate squares you know the rice crispy squares chocolate ones uh, some of those oh and some sweets some um, haribo's sweets Yeah, so i had that there's no chocolate I, I didn't have any chocolate in the house so uh yeah i had that and um that was i estimated if i'm to look at it now it was probably about 300 grams of carbs over the course of about two hours quite easy to do that much over two hours uh, with some fries the sweets the sweets were about 120 maybe 300 maybe 250 i don't know something like that but it wasn't much anyway I woke up today a little bit more filled out, very dehydrated, weirdly enough. Um, I don't know why that is, um, but uh, yeah, I, I woke up not in ketosis, but I have been in ketosis all week. The strips read better, and I, but I still don't have any appetite. Like I've, it's, um, it's it's two p.m. now, and I'm not ate. so I'm probably gonna have some food uh, before I work out. But I don't feel hungry. I don't. There's no desperate. So it's that's not the refeed didn't affect my hunger, which is quite cool. I did crash though. I massively that's interesting. I crash! It was horrendous. I, just, I went to sleep at like nine thirty on a Saturday night. It was rock and roll, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So,
1: like, you know, you know, the approach I take with food, it it just reacts really well with me. Um, yeah. like, like the three hundred grams of strawberries I think is ninety six calories. Yeah. But I'm able to handle that very well. So, like, I could even possibly push more uh of that um and that does like wonders for my appetite yeah. um so yeah it's, it's, it's interesting like how your approach now is working well for your appetite yeah. and like for me it's like having to push more fruit and veg and y- you can get away with a lot of food on fruit and veg and that's why i love it because you're able to just literally eat so much food um for that caloric uh intake so that's why i love like doing the stuff I do like this way. Um, Like yesterday I was eating like that that fruit at at night. And I was like, I freaking love this. Like I love my strawberries and my blueberries. Like,
0: yeah. That that actually brings me on to a point that I've written down, which, which um, kind of annoys me is that as much as I'm quite liking the keto space at the moment, the amount of keto idiots you get is still pretty insane. Like we talk quite a lot about sort of bias against keto, but, keto idiots, like keto zealotry is real. Like you you go into maybe a, like I've spent a bit of time on Reddit just talking to people and you go into a bit of a conversation about keto. And as we know, find what works for you that we've talked about just now. Find what approach works for you. What fits best? What suits your lifestyle? What gives you the best hunger control? All that kind of stuff. Um, you go on to Reddit, either forums? No. All that's bollocks. It's all about hormones. It's all about insulin. It's like you get these people who are just, they found that keto kind of works for them, but they just lose all sense of reality, all sense of science. And they go, you yeah, know what? It's all about hormones. Calories, if it's calorie, that is bollocks. And it's like, dude, you really drank the Kool-Aid. So I can understand now, I'm starting to understand a bit more why keto gets such a bad rap. Like, because there is a bias against it in the media, in the evidence-based circles. But possibly a lot of that comes from the fact that if you do delve into mainstream keto, it's a fucking cesspool. So yeah, probably that. And I-, I, I, swear I think th- don't This is- about that.
1: This is what this is the, the thing that I hate about the um the western approach and these rules? So, you know, like what you just touched on, I was um watching a video of someone eating like a keto based meal and I was just looking at you know what they were doing, and this point that they made in the video really irritated me because they were like, Oh, yeah, so um, they're doing it for, for ketosis, which makes sense, but um, it's this relationship with food where they were eating like a meal and they were saying, um, oh, I'm having some bell peppers with this, but watch out because they're quite high in, uh, the glyce- glycemic index. Yeah. So you want to, you want to be careful with that. And I'm like, what the, f-? like, I was like, what
0: yeah.
1: is, it's bell peppers. Like, why are you, why are you making the bell pepper out to be something dangerous yeah. because of the glycemic index? And that's what I hate. That's what I really, really hate. It's like that way you view food. Um, and yeah, like the point I made about 300 to 400 grams of strawberries, like, and then they say, watch out because insulin is a fat storing hormone. And I'm like, that's what I freaking hate so much about this. Um, I, had this
0: approach just I had a conversation this morning, right? About a guy who says that diet Coke is bad for you because it spikes your insulin. And uh, so that whole chestnut. Um, so, and he was like, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't put down people like, um, jason fung or whatever because like they're not they're just giving you free information they're not selling you anything and i linked him jason fung's member site i was like you know without without trying to rub it in his face i'm like you know you're basically wrong about a lot of things in life but you're really wrong about the fact that he's not trying to sell stuff he is he's probably making i think he's making something like thirty-six thousand dollars per year just from youtube that's not even from his member site so he's fucking rolling in it right because he's selling information and as you and i know information selling is basically a large part of content producing is a large part of what we do but um, these people actually sit there and believe that Jason Fung wants to help them for free with all this stuff. And he's just doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He's telling them the truth. He's not. But the reality is he's setting himself up as a juxtaposition to science by saying, you know what, it's insulin's fault. It's not your fault. You're not eating too much. It's insulin's fault. And he's got himself a hook. It's not, he won't be the first person in history to go down as putting himself in a polar extreme to the rest of society. And making a living off that because he will draw people in like it's not your fault it's insulin's fault so that is kind of what annoys me about the whole keto crowd and like you were saying this is zealotry people are now even demonizing diet coke for fuck's sake i mean what the hell um so yeah all the science by the way if anyone for anyone listening who is worried about that because i haven't actually had these questions before all the science on diet coke is perfectly positive positive the sweeteners using Diet Coke have been around literally for decades. Like if there was ever anything wrong with them, we would know about it by now. I don't think people realize sweeteners have literally been around for like 50 years. So if they were bad or if they were going to produce bad outcomes, one, we would have seen it by now. And two, large companies would not be having them in their food products because they would get sued to oblivion. So, you know, have, uh, have, have some sense there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know
1: what else to add, but um, that was something that I came across and I was like, "What the hell?" Bell peppers, watch out because the <laughs> high in glycemic index. <laughs> crazy,
0: but it's, it's crazy because he was probably yeah. uh, matching it to like insulin levels. Like high glycemic, raise your insulin, blah blah blah. You know, insulin's gonna hold, make you, you know, get fat. It's just nonsense. It's fucking nonsense. Um, yeah, crazy stuff, but um. Yeah, I suppose I wanted to talk about one more thing before we call it a day. Um, I've been doing some full body training lately. And I want to just mention that as a training thing. It's been pretty cool. So um, I, it's kind of a template that I used when I first started getting into bodybuilding. A guy called Casey Butt, Dr. <laughs> Casey Butt um i talked to him about it. he kind of gave me the scoop on how to do that if you look him up online you can see he has some information about full body training but i really like it like i've been doing it for a few months now i really like it and it's kind of what i've been doing since as early as 2008 i think it is and um so it's pretty critical but i do it from a bodybuilding standpoint and i think the way that i set it up is is different from the way that people understand how it's done So the way that i've seen like jeff nippard and eric helm set it up is i don't like that approach because essentially what they do is they have people lifting heavy every single day. So they have squats, deadlifts, front squats maybe. So every day you're hitting your lower body structure hard. And I think that doesn't take into account the idea that the human body has different recovery rates for different structures. So muscles recover super fast. Ligaments recover very, very slow. So ligament might take like a week to recover fully. So basically what happens is as soon as, when you're doing some squats, you get a slight deformity in the um, ligament basically. And uh, it becomes harder to do that exact movement pattern over and over again, unless you're built like, you know, some famous powerlifters. But for the, for us normal people, you get a slight deformity of the ligaments, which takes about a week to recover. Ligaments just heal faster. Now, as you know, you can train a group, muscle group, multiple times within a week. You know, as many times, you can train it every day if you want. Muscles recover very, very fast. And the more advanced you are, actually, the faster they recover. It's the ligaments that produce a lot of the soreness, that produce a lot of the enhanced need to actually recover. So that way, basically, if you're doing something heavy every single day, like squats, deadlifts, and then leg press, for example, across the course of the week, three days, Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, you're continuously stressing the ligaments. So you're gonna be handicapped on the amount by the amount of volume you can do because of your ligaments. Your ligaments will cap your volume load. And as we know, volume is quite important. So the way that I do things, I do, I think I was up to 20, 12, 24, yeah, twenty four sets per muscle group per week over the course, which is quite relatively high. And I was comfortably doing that. It was 24, pretty high. I was comfortably doing that because I structured the workouts in a way which allowed me to have heavy days, light days, medium days and light days. So then my ligaments were allowing myself to recover. Yes. Yeah. It works really well. Uh, and that's kind of my approach. So uh, yeah, I've been doing four full body days per week. Recovery is absolutely a okay. I just finished a block. Did, I think three or four loading weeks. Uh, one light week where I I lifted basically at like high intensity. You probably saw my um, video on Instagram where I did a few lifts, um, which were just for fives. Uh, that was kind of the culmination of that block. And I'm going to run another high volume block starting today for another three weeks, culminating another week where I hit some big fives. Um, and that's it. So uh, that approach I really like. And it, it feels great.
1: How would you advise to approach warm-ups, Faz, for a full body since you're, since you're training pretty much? I don't know, how would you class full body? Would you class it as a few muscle groups a day or quite a lot of muscle groups a day? And how would you approach warming up when you move on to a new exercise? Or would you do like a full warm-up at the start?
0: I don't do any full warm-ups. I, and I generally view full-body training as, as as one from every all five categories for me, which is um, some kind of squat, some kind of deadlift, some kind of horizontal press, uh, like a bench press, some kind of upper body pull and some kind of overhead press. So for me, those are the big five. You've got to have something in there and maybe not an overhead press because oftentimes I'll do like laterals and upright rows, but something for the shoulders. But five, the five big areas, um, leg extension, uh, hip extension, um, horizontal pushing, horizontal pulling or vertical pulling, both pulling basically, and then um, horizontal, uh, vertical pushing. Basically overhead, front, back, legs, and you know, backside. So five categories. And basically I'll have, to begin with, I'll always do a, some kind of lower body move. Like the squat for me tends to be the big one. Or if it's a light day, like a leg extension. Mainly because if you squat, pretty much everything's going to get warmed up. Like I found if I was starting with a bench press, it just, I need the squat to get my everything warmed up. Because if I, once I've squatted, I'm actually quite warm in your body as well. So I generally go for the squatting mm. movements, the bench movements and then the deadlifting movements. Sometimes even squat, deadlift, and then bench. It's how I used to powerlift. That's, we all used to do that. It was like four days a week, squat, bench, deadlift, um, or variations of. But that's, it's a similar system for, for bodybuilding, just with more bodybuilder-friendly movements. So in terms of warm-up, yeah, I mean, I needed most warm-up for the squats and, and benches. But for the deadlifts, it doesn't take much. I guess maybe I'm not really lifting that heavy right now, so perhaps that's part of it. Like with the bench press, I warm up with the bar, then 60, 80, 100, and then I do my work sets after that. Currently right now about 110. So it's not that crazy heavy weight that I need a great deal of warmth. but I'll probably still do like three or four. But I, other thing I do do though is I um, time my rest periods. Quite, I'm quite strict on timing rest periods. And that for me works very, very well. Um, there seems to be like a current sort of focus against timing rest periods. Um, I know that Matt Jansen has talked about it, and so has um, Steve Hall from Revive Stronger about this whole quality of effort kind of thing. But I find that to be nonsense, to be honest. Like I think, for the most part, I think you should be time should be fairly strict with the rest periods. Um, all I do is I time them to make sure I'm not going crazy high on the rest period time. Because if I start using longer and longer rest periods, then how am I progressing? Am I progressing because I'm resting longer? Or am I progressing because I'm less fatigued? Or or am I progressing because uh, I'm actually getting bigger and stronger? So that just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Like, I think you should control rest periods uh, for the most part, unless you're doing a very low volume routine, maybe. I don't know. But if you're doing high volume, then why not? Essentially, a rest period is just, well, yeah, like a rest day like you're training Monday and training Wednesday, that's just a long rest, long rest period, really. So it doesn't make sense to say, well, don't time your rest periods. So yeah, so I do that, which basically keeps the weight down. So it allows me to, it keeps the weight down for me. So I'm, that's why I'm only benching one ten right now. Like if I was to do a top set of five, for example, um, that it'd probably be a bit more than that, maybe one twenty. But um, yeah, so I think with that, I don't need as much warm up because I'm not going after top sets of five. I'm going after what I can do for as a block of five, five, five. So I kind of view it more as a block of 15, really. It's the heavy days. I'll do like a two minute rest period and I'll usually superset some things. So it will be like a bench superset with a bench press over the bench with a squat or something like that. And then the, uh, the lighter days is only one minute rest period. So I might superset there as well, but again, it's quite lightweight and there's, there's a reason for that. So I want, I don't want to be hitting absolute maximum singles and fives. I just want to be in a building phase. Like for if you're demonstrating your strength sure go up to like your max sets of five max sets of 10 but if you're building it you can build strength tremendously well and it's, it's worked very well for me in the past you know I, I personally for me I find it, it's, it's it protects you against injury um, but if you time your your work and you keep the weight down but you're still able to progress like as an example like if I took my bench press right now for 110 for five 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 with two minutes rest, if I took that for 110 to say 130 over the course of the next six months, I mean do you think I'd grow? probably would right so you know that, that's worked for me in the past as well so uh, i mean i remember when i did this when i was a lot younger in 2007 i think i peaked a 150 bench off doing 110 for eights yeah i did 110 for 888 with wow. one minute rest and that got me a 150 bench so it's not like you can't build strength i, I find it really silly when people say that like, you can't build strength on higher reps or high workload it's like well of course you can it's not you know, it's like the if it fits your macros argument. It's like, well, you can't lose you can't lose body fat if your macros are like low protein or high fat or whatever or, or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah, of course you can, just as long as you have your calories in check. It's like as long as you're training, <laughs> as long as you're working yourself hard, you're going to adapt. I mean, the, the body's far cleverer than that. Just because I'm doing three sets with, um, you know, two minutes rest or one minute rest like I used to do rather than something else is it's, it's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, currently right now for the heavy days doing sets of five, I might move to sets of five with one minute rest in between, which will lower the weight, but increase density. I might do that. And it will just, again, it safeguard me because it will lower the weight used, but I can still build strength on that. And I, don't, I think that's what people don't understand. It's like a lot of these techniques I used when I was, um, I was midway through my powerlifting career, which helped me to protect me against injury. Cause I was very injury conscious. I just tore my hamstring. And so this stuff I do now again it's because I'm because my age I'm I'm able to get a lot stronger I I can pretty much guarantee once I get my bench from 110 to about 120 125 for sets of five with two minutes rest I'll easily be a 140 bencher those goals I set for myself would be not a problem um so and the same with the squat same with the deadlift so yeah I think density of work is is something which people it's not really very well studied um but it's a concept which I've used lots over the years but anyway that's just a quick sort of yeah that on full body
1: yeah just two more points for myself because uh, uh i find that really interesting for what you said um yeah i find like the more skillful you are at certain movements the less time it takes to warm up so like for myself i'm kind of built to deadlift i think i've got long arms um short toe, short torso uh, so for me like the deadlift very very short to warm up with if anything at all like with, with warm-ups um i wanted to talk to you about because i've been doing like the dup setup with biceps at home um and also myo reps so i wanted to kind of see like because i've been doing my reps with shoulder work so you know like with certain exercises like uh lateral raises even like with biceps when you progress through the the dumbbell rack it can be more difficult because of the jumps and then you find like when when you when you take one jump it might be more difficult to add on reps um So I was wondering, like with my reps, have you found certain exercises
0: to be better for
1: that kind of intensity work
0: or intensity? um... The the my reps approach is kind of similar to what I do on a light day. Um, So I'll do like three sets of 15, just very, very short rest periods, not quite as short as the my reps and my reps is about 20 seconds in between. But then I also follow up with higher reps on the subsequent sets. So what I give up in the very short rest periods, I have like 60-second rest period, uh, and I have much, much higher reps, like 15, 15, 15. So I like the approach. Um, I think it's the way that uh, Borger sets it up. He has it like quite higher reps for the first initial activation set. Um, And I think you're probably better off doing stuff where you're able to fail um, safely because the fatigue can build up quite heavily. I only ever do that stuff with um, isolation exercises. Uh, but any kind of safe machine exercises are probably a good idea. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good way of doing things, you know. It really is. Like it, it, I found building strength on that approach to be perfectly reasonable because you're getting, again, it's like I was saying, you're condensing a lot of work into a short space of time. You're going to get stronger on that. It, it's a good way of doing things. It's, it's not something that I would overlook if I was trying to vary my own light day. So it's something I would consider um i will say i found it i find it to be quite a stressful um approach though because like it's a lot of work like you're reaching a lot of failure points um so yeah I, i'm not sure, actually i'm not sure if um borger has you going absolutely to failure i think he maybe goes you're getting failure once but um i do know like the dante's approach the um dante trudel dog crap approach his is quite similar um and it's again rest pause but i, I do know that rest pause in general is is quite extreme like I'll give you an example. My, one of my old training partners came to train with me in uh, 2020, and he hadn't trained for a few months. And uh, basically, um, he gave himself rhabdo um, in the workout uh, because we were doing rest pause. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, he had to go to the hospital. It was, pretty fucking, it was pretty fucked up. Like, his arms went all black and shit. Like, it was pretty messed up. Um, so doctors were like, yeah, you really fu- You really overdid it. But yeah, we just did some, um, some rest pause sets. And um, he hadn't trained for, like, six months or something. So he came in the gym, pushed himself hard, doing rest pause so it's a very stressful form of training it's not to be underestimated like obviously for you and me we're you know we're trained um, so it's not going to have that effect but just be wary like it can cause a lot of fatigue buildup it is stressful relative to single sets because you're extending the set out So yeah it's a good way of doing things yeah and it's probably quite it probably work quite well with isolation exercise like you're asking side laterals uh, curls. I just tend to have very high repetition numbers so if I'm like right now on my cable stack at home, I'm on the first cable stack, and uh, well, second technically, on the, on the cable stack, the first is like built in, second, second cable stack for my barber for my cable curls, and um, I've got right the way up to three sets of 15. I probably should hit that this week, and then I'll be able to put it up to two, and I'll probably drop down in reps to like maybe 12s or 10s or even as low as eights. So yeah, with isolation and my reps, yeah, just higher rep ranges work very, very well because you're not going to see progress that much.
1: yeah cool yeah so yeah that was it for me um, pretty much what I just wanted to ask about your experience with that full body
0: yeah I say we uh, wrap it up here because I'm, I'm getting pretty hungry now and I figure it's two o'clock I better go I better go train <laughs> I get some food I go train and uh, yes uh, we'll, we'll get this sorted all right dude cheers for uh, cheers for that